dreams and custard creams. Nice warm tea, we can feel stress free. Soft voices and a lot of laughs. It's the Monday Podcast. Hello there. My name is Chris, and I'm here today with my friend Dave. Hello, everybody. And this is our podcast, The Mundane with Chris and Dave, because Dave lives far away and I want to talk to him and talk to him about some mundane stuff. So how are you doing today, Dave? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you, Chris. Yeah, yeah. Feeling reasonably mundane. It's Monday. It's Monday. Mundane. Yeah. Yeah. How are you, Chris? I'm I'm very well. Thank you, Dave. Feeling also mundane-y. Got a case of the mundanes. Mondays. Mundanes. I don't know. I always... I, I need to kind of find a structure of how we open these podcasts because I think I've opened them in different ways. I will start with a hello there and I feel that's good. Mm. But maybe like, yeah, us getting saying hello to each other and kind of doing that. Maybe that'll work, but who knows? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. That's that's mm. the way. So, Dave, every week, you know this, but just in case people at home don't, I've decided this is like, this will be like a few episodes in as well. So people are going to be like, I know what this podcast is now, but it doesn't yeah, matter. But someone might not. Exactly. have to do it for them. So every week we uh, talk about a subject... That some may say is mundane, but as we always discover, is often very much not. The secret mm. lives are the things we don't know. Possibly. I don't know. Anyway, this week, Dave, we are going to be talking about a thing that you have know very intimately, that every British person, not every, most British people will know quite intimately. Mm. Thing that we, we must have gone through probably tens of thousands. Can you guess what it's going to be? gone through tens of thousands we all have you in fact asked for one earlier or asked for something that would have required the use of one i know what it is now go on then dave what is it it's tea it's tea and more specifically tea bags tea bags yes today the act of tea bagging (laughs) not the act of tea bagging that's a different podcast (laughs) okay so i today um on the history of more importantly tea bags in the mundane sense because i would say tea bagging is not mundane. No, you're not it's living not. a mundane. No. If someone teabags you, you're not living a mundane life. You're either no. playing video games, and and if you're doing the act of teabagging, you're winning. So yeah. not particularly mundane. And um, if someone does it to you, you're going to the kind of parties where there is that kind of. Let's be honest. Camaraderie or weirdos. Oh, camaraderies. <laughs> yeah, you say camaraderie. I say weirdos. <laughs> The two sides of the masculine coin there. I'm like, what a weirdo. And Dave's like, what a chum. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, let us go now. I've got two articles up today. Mm. And I found that there's an interesting kind of conflict between the two. Okay. I I can imagine. I mean, tea, I think, divides opinion. So let's let's hear it. The history of the tea bag is split between, I've got two articles today. One is from tea.co.uk. Really? I, I would imagine a pretty reputable source to own that domain. I'm glad it's not a .com as well. I'm glad it's not a .com. Yeah, it's got to be .co.uk. Yeah, Even if it was an American website, they'd probably still yeah. put .co.uk. The they'd end. be talking about putting it in the um, freezer, in the, free, in the microwave, covering it in sugar. So in fact, actually, now that you say that, I've just realized the second one, the second article in the history of tea bags, is from time.com, so, which is an American website. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's where the conflict... Magazine, aren't they? So, they're a big magazine. Yeah. They, they're going to be well-researched. So yeah. this is from the History of the Tea Bag, which has a bibliography at the bottom, which is quite nice, but doesn't Good. have who yeah. wrote it. But this is from tea.co.uk, which on the main webpage is UKT and Infusions Association. 
So you know, like the Council of Tea. Maybe the Council of yeah, maybe the Council of Tea need to like establish what a tea bag really is. Is it one testicle hit in the face or is it two? You know, maybe the act of tea bagging needs to be more well defined. Maybe we should get in contact with the UK Tea and Infusions Mm. Association about the true act of tea bagging. I think so. Yeah, I think um, they'd have to have a section on their website about it, wouldn't they? Really? Yeah. If I'm a bit exactly (laughs) need a meeting okay here we go so tea infusers and the origins of the tea bag the arrival in britain in the 17th century altered the drinking habits of this nation forever so already pretty epic start yeah the late 18th century saw black tea overtake green tea in popularity for the first time which also accelerated the addition of milk in the 19th century, widespread cultivation of tea in India began, leading to the imports of Indian tea into Britain, overtaking the imports of Chinese tea. And in the 20th century, there was a further development that would radically change our tea drinking habits. The invention of the tea bag. So already, already pretty epic start. Mm, it's got a rich tea history. <laughs> rich. Oh, nice. I like that. Is that done on purpose? Yeah, it's meant to be terrible. <laughs> it was good. It was good. I approved. I didn't realize that we started with green tea and then went to black tea. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Yeah. It kind of makes sense when you consider the history between relations between China and between India. Yeah. But like, yeah. And also, I quite like, obviously, it's going over the considerable amounts of murder and war and other dark things that. Glossing kind of- over that. A little. Yeah, glossing over that quite nice. Just like, oh yeah, they like their tea. Mm. They didn't enslave an entire nation. Anyway, they just liked the tea. They just liked the tea. They didn't put the Chinese population onto opium addiction. No, 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 no. no. Just, they, they just liked the, they tea. Just like the tea. Also, I, like just on a personal level as well, I've actually taken more to drinking green tea than I have to taking... Mm, I, I, yeah, I noticed, obviously. I think we still got some of your green tea bags down here. Oh, down there. So you're you're still on the black tea, but I last time I saw you brought some green tea bags and have just left it there. I had that one not too long ago because we had no milk. So I was like, well, I'll have a green tea then. I will drink many kinds of tea. What's your favourite kind of tea? Tea. <laughs> You know, just black tea, classic uh, black tea, probably. I mean, I do uh, really like Roybush. I haven't really tried enough teas to, I guess, to have much of an opinion. I think that uh, chai tastes like Christmas, so that's quite nice. Chai does taste like Christmas. Generally, I think, yeah, really, you can't, you just can't go wrong with uh, a cup of classic English breakfast black tea or whatever, you know. Yeah. Classic English tea, you can't go wrong with. The problem that I find is that I'm now so used to green tea and I'm, I also. I'm pretty lazy. My green tea addiction has kind of gotten to a point I leave the tea bag in for mm. green tea, which... I was doing that with black tea as well. Yeah, exactly. Oh, really? With black tea? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, oh, I used to I... leave a bag in, mate, partially out of distrust for the person making it that they would take it out before it, you know, properly infused. Because some people make really anemic tea and then they put loads of milk in it as well. And it's like, if I wanted a, some milk and hot water that has seen a tea bag at yeah. some point... I would have asked for that. I like a strong tea. I like a strong it's like tea. Some, yeah, it, we always like strong tea. It's like people that have weak handshakes. It's like if they mm. make a weak cup of tea, you can't help but question their character yeah, somewhat. Yeah, yeah. It's like, do you even care about tea? Because like, there's, there's the, it's the, you pay, have you no patience? Because no patience, yeah, It takes true. two to three minutes minimum to brew a tea bag. Exactly. Minimum. And you can stir it. You can stir it and encourage it along. You know, yeah, speed the process a bit as well, but don't split that bag. No, you don't split Otherwise, that. Otherwise, no. That's yeah. it. You know, that's self-control as well. So mm. patience, self-control. And it's interesting you say that because that's the problem that I have now. Um, obviously, we're recording this um, early 2021. So seeing people socially is pretty much out the window. 
But on the time when we were occasionally allow people in, I found it really difficult to make people cups of tea because I always have green tea or fruity tea. I quite like mint oh, okay. tea. But then what happens is what I do is boil the kettle, tea bag in, done. That's my cup of tea and I walk off. But then when you have someone who wants a cup of tea with milk and with sugar, it feels like a science experiment. So, oh, got to line mm. up all the things, got to add the, oh, and then you oh, and you pour it and then you got it. Yeah. And like you said, I will never give a friend an anemic tea. Even if I don't want to shake someone's hand, I will give them a good hearty handshake. Mm. Even if I don't think they've washed their hands and I will just wash my hands afterwards. And if I don't want to make a good cup of tea, if I don't want to make a cup of tea, I'll still make it and I'll still make it a good tea because that is principle. It is. We, yeah. In Britain, we make good tea. We make uh, good tea, it's exactly. It's socially unacceptable to make bad tea. Absolutely, absolutely. And Get out of my house. Maybe not that. We're, we're nice about it, really. But we would talk about them behind their back. We were like, oh, did you know that? <laughs> Thingy, he makes anemic tea. Oh wow! You should get him to leave your house. Yeah, I think I should stop his uh, his pocket money or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> that's the, yeah exactly. Having a good cup of tea is very important. And like I said, even if I don't want it, I will still make a good cup of tea. I'm sure I've had a good cup of tea made by you, Chris, as well. Oh, thank you. So I I have definitely had from you. Like we mm. we both our standards of tea. I think that's and that's the thing though. It's like being a bad lover if you can't make a good cup of tea you know you yeah. need to you need to know the moves you need to know the patience you do and, the, and um, self-control not everybody wants their tea strong as well that is the thing there are some weird british people who don't like strong tea and some people actually like it weak um so you do part of making a good cup of tea is saying oh do you is like you it ask? strong um i always uh, it's always a leading question for me so I, it's never do you want it weak or strong? It's always, do you want it strong? Do you want it nice and strong? You want it strong, right? You want it strong like me. <laughs> Assertive. Assertive. <laughs> I'm assertive with my teeth. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, because if, also if you say weak, even if they they might not like that language, it's not very nice language. No, it's, it's not. Like, no, no. No one wants a weak tea. Yeah, would you like watered down wee or would you like a strong cup of tea? And I do find that the people that do like it wheat will often be more open to it. They'll be like, "Oh yeah, no, actually, um, can I have uh, can I have wheat, please? Uh, just wheat, just a tea bag in for a little bit, just to just have it kiss the, just give it a you know, little, and that's fine, a little bit, know. and that's fine. I don't know why you like water and milk. No, but fair enough, but fair enough. But if I go to your house and you make tea and you don't ask, because it's okay not to ask, but at that point you're taking a gamble and you have to get it right. And, you and right. you, if you make me a weak tea, then at that point I'm judging you. At that point onwards, I'm afraid. I suppose what the average yeah. is. We should look. We should look into what the average. What? How does the average person? How does the average British person? I'm going to search this up now. Have their tea. Because I've actually seen on Facebook a picture of like different coloured cups of tea depending on strength and people and you know do you want A, B, C, D or E? And I did find that most people were, I think, going for the sort of medium to strong. I suppose you call it medium well or whatever. You know, I don't like my tea. There is a point where tea is too strong and it's kind of almost dry in your mouth. Um, and, you know, I don't like that. I don't like it that strong. It's a fine line. And that's why it's so hard to be British because in America, you can go and make your coffee and, and it's all fine. Over here, there, it, there is your social reputation relies upon your tea making. And if you mess it up, then you're, you're going to get judged. And that's hard. Absolutely. So this is from thegrocer.co.uk, and this is from 2016. How do Brits take their tea? What do you think is the most common way someone has their tea? Are you talking strength or like in terms of how many sugars and... Just in terms of milk and sugars. Milk, yeah. one sugar. 
Milk one sugar can react. I make quite a lot of tea for customers, so generally that seems to be the most popular one. What do you think is the second most popular one? Milk no sugar. Milk two sugars. Milk two really? sugars or more, yeah, for 16%. Third most common has got to be milk no sugar then, surely. Third most common that's, is... Yeah, that's how I have it. No how do you have it, Chris? Yeah. Um, I also have milk no sugar. The best the best yes. way i'm lactose intolerant though so which was a recent revelation so i have to i i can't have milk alternatives because they taste gross they i found oat yeah. milk sometimes tastes okay but it doesn't taste like a cup of tea mm. so i will only be able to have normally one cup of tea a day yeah if i ever want it but also that means holding milk and as we said i'm not really going outside and i live alone so i, I haven't had tea with milk for a while but it is nice when you go somewhere and they do have milk and they offer it to you and you go yeah just a bit of milk, please. Mm. And also, that was the other thing when it comes to the strength. I always find when I'm mentioning strength, we're never talking about the strength of the tea bag. Ah. The tea bag is always an assumption. It's always like 75%. But then with milk, I always find there's often more of an adjustment. So it could yes. be something like, you know, just a bit of milk, just a splash of milk, just a bit. Yeah, there, that's there's milk strength and tea strength. That it's a good point. That's adds another level of this science. It really, you know, this is a complicated science. This is this is why it's hard. This is why it's hard. And the thing is, right. Is that this is what I said because I have mainly fruit tea and green tea, I don't ever have to worry about. It. I'm just like leave the tea bag in, and that's how I have it. I think that's why it has to be unless you specifically request. Uh, it has to be a minimum of two to three minutes with the tea bag, because if you if somebody wanted a strong tea but they were talking about you know they're like just a splash of milk but they like a strong tea or whatever. You're not you're not going to hope in hell of just dipping the tea bag in for thirty seconds and then hardly any milk either. Exactly. And- yeah. If someone says a splash of milk, I do assume they want the tea fairly strong. Yeah. But then, and this is what I've just realised. I've just had this revelation, an exclusive here. Ooh, okay. Here we go. Chris and it's Dave. first. No, a big revelation. It's like when you cook for someone, it can be quite intimate. It's quite yeah. like you're getting to know them. Normally, when you cook someone something though, it's normally just you're having pasta or you're having chili. Yeah. And it's not a stressful experience for me ever. Not as stressful as tea. And then what happens? Yeah, but even with that, like, let's go like, you're having burger and chips. They get and what they're okay. given. You get mm. what they're given, but burger and chips is the one that maybe, you know, what sauce? But you give them the sauce. You don't just put the sauce yeah. on because they might like the sauce over mm. or they might like the sauce for dipping. So what you do is you give them it and then you give them the sauce as an extra thing. With tea, that's one thing where you have to like, and you do learn how people like their tea. It's a very yeah. intimate scenario. I remember that you like tea without sugar. Yeah. And, you know, you get it in uh, in offices and departments in different place, different workplaces. They'll have the name of the person and how they have their tea. And it will, you know, some sometimes it will go into as much detail as strong. Um, some people might even be like, leave the bag in four or five minutes or leave the bag in and then milk and sugar. And I, I, I've, I've done them before for the customers who come into my studio. I actually made an Excel spreadsheet. How many names do you have on that spreadsheet? Uh, I never actually finished it because um, it got to the point by the time I had started adding more and more names to the spreadsheet, I, I'd been serving them all tea and coffee enough. Well, I knew if they wanted tea, how they wanted their tea. And I knew if they wanted coffee, how they wanted coffee. I could even got to the point that I could see in their eyes, like, you want coffee today? Which one do you want? Do you want a Ooh. black with milk or... Oh, wait, no, but I knew how they wanted their coffee. So, yeah, like, you know, it becomes telepathic. Coffee, you just have coffee. Yeah, you do. You don't have, oh, just a bit of coffee, just a splash of coffee. Mm. No, no, no. Maybe they want a latte, but then then you get down the Starbucks complicated route. No, no, no. If you're just making them the default drink, it is coffee, and then what do you add on it? It's like cereal. Yeah. You know what, Dave? I need to make a correction yeah. midway through the show. This is the correction. problem, because on the on the grocer.co.uk, I realize it's a pie chart. 
and I got the colors mixed up. So in fact, the most common way to have tea isn't with one sugar. Oh. It is milk with no sugar is the most common way. Interesting. So our so way is the most way. common way. Our way is the most common way. We are common. Mm-hmm. We are the common people. It's good. It's reassuring though that is, to be honest. 34%. I'm going to own that. I'm not going to cut it. I'm so sorry if people were listening before and they were like, no, that's wrong. Um, 34% have milk, no sugar. And then milk, two sugars and more is the most common after that. Not milk, one sugar. Milk, one sugar is then third. And then I don't drink tea as fourth. Uh, maybe it's because most of the people who have sugar in tea, they're not messing about. And they're like, right, if I'm having sugar, I'm having two or whatever. And then the ones who then are like, you know, I need to I need to cut down on my sugar. They'll start, they'll go down to one sugar. And it's just a transitional thing maybe for them. And then they go to no sugar. So maybe that's why there's more of the two plus sugars and then fewer of the one sugar. Maybe. That's a theory. This is also the textbook British thing, isn't it? We started on the history of the tea bag. We've already gone down the history. We've already gone down on our tea preferences. Of course. So if you, if any of you are listening right now, I like to think you could make us both a good cup of tea, just how we like it. We'll test one of you one day. We'll turn up at your door. We don't know who you are, but we'll find you and we'll turn up at your door. We'll find you. And you will make us tea. I just want to give you my one top tip for when you make tea for loads of people. And let's say they like stuff in different way. This is my Chris Wells tip that has done me since I was little, because I used to make my parents' tea in the morning when I was like six, always put things in alphabetical order. So let's say you got five people, and it's like, you know, Annie, Clarabelle. The two carriages from Thomas the Tank Engine. The two carriages, I was hoping you'd notice that. (laughs) (laughs) Annie, Clarabelle, Thomas, and Fat Controller. And then let's say they all have their tea in slightly different ways. And you know this at this point. You know some like two, some just like black, some just like a splash of milk. You lay out the mugs alphabetically. So it'll be Annie, Clarabelle, Fat Controller, Thomas. Yeah. And you lay them out, then you you know make them the way they need to. And then, yeah, it means you can just go out and you know who gets what. Yeah. No matter what. So no, even if you do that thing, because I because I always go, oh, I've forgotten, mm. you haven't. So I, I've i got little ways, little methods as well. Um, when I'm working at the studio and I'm making um, up to six or seven musicians at the most, cups of tea and, and coffee of all different requests. So I use the mugs, right? So... This is this is this is psychological probably actually right. So one of the mugs we've got is an Incredible Hulk mug. So if anyone likes a strong tea or a strong coffee, that's going in the Incredible Hulk mug, right? That's a good starting point. Or if nobody's too fussed about the strongness, the strength of their tea or coffee, and it the, the Hulk factor doesn't work for that, the drummer gets the Hulk mug. Hulk smash, yeah. So yeah, Hulk yeah, smash. yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> And then we've got some mugs that um, are like grey. So the grey mugs, so they're very standard. So they're like, okay, they're, they're probably going to be a milk one sugar or a, or just milk no sugar. And then there's a white mug. Uh, I think we've only got one just plain white mug. So if anyone likes their tea milky, that goes in the white mug. Um, now that's pretty much the, the system with me. Besides that, I can just kind of remember who wanted what. and But I know what's in what mug because of the mug. So I can, even if I don't remember who wanted their strong coffee, I'll be like, ah, oh, the Hulk mug. Who, who wanted the strong? That's in the Hulk mug. Or if uh, if it's not anyone wanting the strong thing, then I know the Hulk mug is for the drummer. Yeah. That's exciting. Next time I see you, I'll be interested in what mug you choose. From. I suppose you choose a great there's, one because I haven't milked no There's sugar. one other mug that we have as well, which is, it's got like teddy bears on and hearts and it says someone very special. And that goes usually to the singer because I'll be like, oh, you're the diva. So like, yeah, you get the... <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, and there's another mug as well. It's like got like more like childy fairy taley teddy bears, and unfortunately, it's a bit smaller, so you get a smaller portion. So I feel harsh using it, but occasionally I do give it to like the metalist band that we have here, like this because they're so raw, and it's just really funny to give them this coffee in a little teddy bear mug. But uh, but I feel I don't do it too often because you you don't get as much coffee of it. I usually say if you want a bit more. You know, I just had to do it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> How do they normally react? How do the uh, metal people... Um, you know what? I'm, I'm going to name drop them because they would not mind at all. Um, Derelict Dream. And they've they're, they're got a great sense of humor. They're great guys and they're a great band. Check them out on Spotify. So there you go. First ever name drop, I think, there. Yeah. Oh, see, that's good. That's a good name mm. drop. And in fact, the last thing I want to ask you regarding yeah. tea is are you a person who adds cold water to their tea or coffee to cool it down? Okay. Um, no, not really um i have done um but it was an ice cube uh, because i was at work where i had access to ice cubes and i really just wanted to have this coffee soon so i banged an ice cube in it and uh, no that's interesting because yeah i i have strong opinions i don't have that strong opinion actually but i do find that it can alter the taste it can if you have boiled water and then a bit of tap water yeah i find uh Especially if you're leaving the tea bag in, then yeah, absolutely it will because it's going to stop the brewing process from happening. But I think also it, it staying hot for longer probably does something to the flavour. I don't know what. So it Just like in the same yeah. way that when you take your food out of the oven, you've taken it out of the oven, but it's still cooking in itself. Like So you take your joint of beef out before it's actually done and you let the, you let the rest of it cook by itself. The turkey at yeah. Christmas, same thing. And maybe there's something similar with tea. You know, you, you've got to let it get down to its temperature in it at its own pace and and that's isn't that british in a way as well you know like let's not let's not hurry this thing this is tea we're talking about like the tea will be ready when it's ready it's what we said yeah. it's about patience mm. it's a, and like it's the same as not being able to know how to cook if you can't make a good cup of tea arguably because i've been making cups of tea since like i said i was about five or six mm. i used yeah. to like because i always used to be you learn from a really young age early, don't you? and i used yeah. to yeah mm. and i used to like bringing it up to my mm. family i don't know how i never burned myself but there you go i used to love bringing it up going mommy i got you a tea and they'd be like chris it's 5 a.m go to bed i'm like no <laughs> and i learned yeah how to make the tea you get the right color you can't just like tea bag milk water done it's like, no, 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 no. There is a process. Yeah. And that's why people get so passionate mm. about it as well, because it's so different. A, a mild cup of tea versus a heavy cup of tea. A cup of tea where the milk goes in first, where the milk goes in that. It's very different. Mm. And people have their preferences. And I think that's very fair. Yeah. I would never... To have. Yeah, you know, like like I said earlier, I'd never begrudge anyone their tea or coffee preference. You know, it's a very uh, opinion divide thing, as I also said earlier. It's just... Once you're on the receiving end and they're making it for you, it, you, then it's important to establish how you like it. And if they're not going to establish, then they've got to get it right. Otherwise, I'm disappointed. I don't know. What, I've said that so many times. because It's obviously a matter that's close to my heart. I've had a few tepid, uh, you know, anemic cups of tea in my time. I know. And then you can't drink you can't, it and then you feel and rude. You, and, and, or you do like... drink it out of politeness and it's just not a nice experience. Really, is it? Okay. So, Dave, we've gone through everything about tea. So let's go back. We've like we've only covered one paragraph of the entire two articles I wanted us to look at today. So let's um, let's delve into these a bit then. The purpose of the tea bag is rooted in the belief that for tea to taste its best, the leaves ought to be removed from the hot water at the end of a specific brewing period. 
which is something that we have both just pretty much admitted to not believing in. There, then, there is an added benefit of convenience. A removable device means that tea can be made easily in a mug as in a pot without the need for a tea strainer and that the teapots can be kept clean more easily. But the earliest examples of removable infusing devices for holding tea were not bags. Popular infusers included tea eggs and tea balls. I've got a tea infuser as well, to be fair. I've got, I've got a tea infuser as well. Mm. I've got one that is like a yellow submarine. I've got one of those too. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> so British that, isn't oh it? Oh, my well? goodness. The Beatles. Yeah. yeah. Including tea eggs and tea balls. Not, not the tea balls that go against your face while you're asleep, though. Perforated metal containers which were filled with loose leaves and immersed in boiling water and then removed using an attached chain. Okay, so the next part. Thomas Sullivan and an accidental American invention. Needless to say, it was in America with its love of labour-saving devices that tea... Ba- oh, that's a bit of a backhanded comment, isn't it? Labour-saving devices. Needless to say, it was in America with its love of labour-saving devices. Mm, I think those everyone... Those shy Americans. Those were... Yeah, obviously, yeah. It's not like we had the Industrial Revolution or anything. Anyway, yeah. t.co.uk. In around 1908, Thomas Sullivan, a New York tea merchant... What a job title. I'd love to have mm. that as a job title. New York a tea, tea merchant. merchant. Yeah, started to send samples of his tea to customers in small silken bags. Some assumed that these were supposed to be used in the same way as the metal infusers, by putting the entire bag into the pot rather than emptying its contents. It was thus by accident that the tea bag was born. So he was just like, here's my little container of tea, like a little baggie of tea, but it just happened to be in a little silken bag. And uh, people started responding to the comments from his customers that the mesh on the silk was too fine. Sullivan developed sachets made of gauze, the first purpose made tea bags. During the 1920s, these were developed for commercial production and the bag grew in popularity in the USA. Ironically, weirdly, when you think about the tea revolution. But I suppose the the English or the British were like, no, we don't use Tea bag for our tea, we put it in a pot. <laughs> um, made first of all from gauze and then later from paper, they came in two sizes, a larger bag for the pot and a smaller one for the cup. The features that we still recognise today were already in place. A string that hung over the side so that the bag could be removed easily with a decorated tag on the end. The next sentence, Dave, is wonderful. Okay. okay. Fire it at me. While the American population took to tea bags with enthusiasm, the British were naturally wary of such a radical change in their tea making methods. We said it. We said it. <laughs> we're so. I mean, it's just so typical, I suppose, isn't it? Really. Oh my God! They even use your word. What is your word of a bad cup of tea aside from anemic? What temperature don't you like a cup Tepid. of tea being? Exactly. This was not helped by the horror stories told by Britons who had visited the USA, who reported to being served cups of tepid water with a tea bag on the side, waiting to be dunked into it. What? An experience which is still not as uncommon in the US as it should be! Exclamation. <laughs> and as we've seen by TikToks and other kind of viral memes, is that yeah, there are a lot of Americans who don't seem to know how to make tea at all. Yeah, it's true. And I do yeah. think it's sad because I feel like if you have a good cup of tea, you'll know. You know when there's a good... And you're like, I love this. And I always yeah. find my theory is that you have... I think everyone in life has one good cup of tea and then all they're doing is chasing that cup of tea. And sometimes they get it, but then sometimes they're just like, oh, no, that was almost there, but not quite the feeling of mm. that first cup of tea. 
The material shortages of World War II also stalled the mass adoption of tea bags in Britain, and it was not until the 1950s that they really took off. The 1950s were a time where all manner of household gadgets were being promoted to eliminating tedious household chores. So now apparently the British are work shy. Thanks, article. Everyone's work shy. So, so hold on, yeah. So apparently the um, Americans are labor saving. Labor, sa- yeah, they want to reduce labor, labor saving devices. When the British do it, it's eliminating tedious household chores. That to me is also saving labor. So, yeah. yeah. T.co.uk, I'm a bit disappointed in you. Anyway, in keeping with this, tea bags gained popularity on the grounds that they removed the need to empty out the used tea leaves from the teapot. That to me, once again, is saving labour. Taking the leaves out of the teapot isn't a particularly arduous task. You can just fill that teapot up with any kind of water and just tip it into a strainer again and dunk your strainer into your compost. Make sure you compost those tea leaves. Compost those tea leaves. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it now that I think that teapot tea is better than tea bag tea. Yeah, I agree. I have heard as well that maybe not all brands... Um, but a lot of brands of tea bags uh, are essentially they're just using like the kind of the finer stuff that's got to the bottom of the pile to put in the tea bags, and then all their fine good leaves are going Ooh, in there. That sounds, that's a conspiracy theory we could go down. I would love to know if that's true or not. I mean, I, I for one have found that the best cup of tea that I'm always chasing or whatever comes from a teapot. Yeah, I agree. Mm, yeah, yeah. Here's another really good sentence. I think you'll appreciate this. The convenience factor was more important to the British tea drinker than the desire to control the length of infusion time. Hence the appearance of tea bags that did not have strings attached. No strings attached. No strings attached. I thought it was a pun, but I've realized, no, it's apparently American always. So it's a bit like where they invented the lighter before they invented the match. They invented tea bags with string on. Because apparently, yeah, the, it was the convenience of having the tea bag as opposed to anything else. Well, yeah, I mean, if you're if you're making tea, chances are there's going to be a teaspoon. I mean, it's called a teaspoon as well. I'd, exactly. I bet, that, I bet that's why it's called a teaspoon as well. We could probably look into that. And if you've got a teaspoon in the process, if there's milk or sugar going in the tea, you're going to stir it. So you may as well use the teaspoon to remove the tea bag. And then you don't need the string. And let's face it, whenever I've used one to a string, which is usually the sort of posher tea bags that you get nowadays, like your yes, uh, twinings. Or which is weird you. when you consider that they were the first ones. Yeah. They'd be like, it should be the other way around, if anything. The posher ones don't have the string, but uh, that's not the case. But seldom does the string help. You know, you, yes. you, you, you wrap it around the handle, you hang it over the edge. I actually find, if anything, hanging it, hanging it over the edge is your best bet. And even yeah, me too. nine times out of ten, you, you come back it and, just gets and it's, it's all in, in. It's all in the water there. Yeah. Because you can't really, because you want your tea bag to get some movement to infuse and stir around as well. And if you're trying to do that with the string on it. Exactly. Also, I find mm. if you add the milk, you need to stir the tea to like get the milk infused. Because yeah. nothing's worse when you have the tea and it kind of sits, the milk sits on top. Yeah. And it's not mixed in properly. I never realized there was so much debt. This is a textbook mundane situation where like, is, I didn't yeah. even realize how much I cared about tea and tea bags mm. until we came across this subject. So let's finish up this article. It was Tetley in 1953 that drove the introduction of tea bags in Britain, but other companies soon caught up. In the early 1960s, tea bags made less than 3% of the British market, but this has been growing ever since. What do you think is the percentage of people of the market now that tea bags hold? 
Is this the tea market? Three percent of tea was in tea bags in the sixties. Now mm. it is up to something obviously much higher. Yeah. Okay. But what um, percentage do you think it is? So all it is is tea bags versus mm, loose leaf. Sixty percent. You think sixty percent of the tea market is tea I, bags? Right. I think, but I secretly hope not because I like to think more people are still using the pot. I've got some bad news for you, Dave. In 2007, tea bags made up 96% of the British market. We are can 4%. Hard... <laughs> there can hardly be a home or workplace in Britain that does not have a stash of the humble but vital tea bag. I mean, I've got tea bags. We've all got tea bags. The studio here has got tea bags. Yep. I actually did have a teapot here at the studio, though, and it got broken by sub base. It got shook off the shelf and it smashed. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So I did have a teapot here. That was my teapot as well. I haven't had a teapot since. Yeah. It's a shame, really. I will get a teapot, though. When I get a place of my own, I'm going to have a teapot. Well, you can put tea bags in the teapot. You can, yeah, but it's not the same. It's got a loose leaf tea. It's got to be loose leaf tea in the teapot. Yeah. My parents always, always have it out the pot. So that was um, tea.co.uk. Let's mm. go across to America and see what they okay. have to say. All right, what the, what they America. So I'm not, I'm not going to read the whole article, but um, <clears throat> here was the bit that interested me. There's some debate about who invented the very first tea bag. One of the very first popular legends was that American tea importer. American tea importer doesn't sound as good as a New York tea merchant, does it? It doesn't, no. No, so this is Thomas Sullivan, the same Thomas Sullivan, Thomas, Thomas Sullivan, shipped out samples of his product in silk pouches in 1908, not intending his customers to put them directly in hot water that way, but some tried it and asked for more of the same. So obviously, in the original article as well, it talked about people complaining that the silk was too thick. So already mm. a bit of a thing. Seven years earlier, though, Roberta C. Lawson and Mary Malarian, Malarian of Milwaukee filed for a patent for a tea leaf holder, which also resembles what we use today. By this means, they wrote only so much of tea leaves is used as is required for the single cup of tea, making less waste. So, and their design was like, you know, not using as many tea bags, and their design used a stitched mesh fabric that Sullivan too would switch to from silk to gauze after that he saw the we- the silk was too fine for optimal infusion. No matter who got it first, the invention solved two problems at once, how to make a single-serving tea brewing more convenient and how to reduce cleanup. Throwing out a tea bag is much easier than cleaning loose leaves out the pot. Everyone is really against cleaning out loose leaves out the pot, and it's really not hard. No, yeah, I mean, people... People out there who really don't like doing that, just give it a go for a day. Even just once, just one time, give it a go. Get a teapot, put some loose leaf tea in it. And if you haven't got any loose leaf tea, get your bags, rip them open and chuck it in there. And then make some tea, enjoy your tea. If, if you've bought loose leaf tea and have loose leaf tea, you will enjoy it more. And then, yeah, just fill your pot up with water, rinse it out, and then pour it into a strainer and put the tea leaves in the compost. And you might have to do it a couple of times just to get the last bits out. That's it. The amount, I suppose it is a little bit more difficult, but it's not that yeah. much more difficult. Actually, um, my dad, he always warms the teapot up before he puts the tea, in the hot water into it as well. He So the kettle, when the kettle's boiling, he gets the pot and he holds the open top of the pot up to where the steam is coming out oh, of the kettle. So wow. the steam heats up the teapot to get it to an optimal temperature to start that brewing process, I guess. And, That's genius. So mm. funnily enough, just as another side thing, is that, uh, you know, travel cups... Yeah. Normally, a way to make your, your hot uh, drink last longer is to 
heat treat it first where you pour a bit of boiling water in it first and almost like swill it round yeah and then hold it so it makes the like the plastic or the metal inside the cup warm then you add your hot drink yeah uh, you rinse it out and then add your hot drink but i never thought about using the steam out the kettle that's like energy efficient, efficient that yeah, is. yeah. i like it mm. just be careful because steam is really hot don't scold yourself yeah that's true i probably would knowing me that's why <laughs> <laughs> i mean i've done it with mugs as well i've i've you know, if I'm making myself a tea or coffee here, wife well, a tea, and I, I boil the kettle, I'll hold the mug to because it's usually cold in the building here, so the mug's usually cold. And I'm thinking, well, my tea's going to be tepid within minutes, and I and want nothing's my... worse than tepid tea. No, 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 it's true that. Okay, so the last thing, Dave, I have on this this um, article on the final couple of paragraphs. Um, some have tried to revolutionise tea steeping. Keurig, for instance, has manufactured tea pods for its K cup machine, taking time out of steeping. Taking the wait time out of steeping. What's steeping? I suppose brewing. Right, okay. That's what they mean, steeping. So apparently, you know, like how you get the coffee pods. Yeah. Apparently they've got tea pods. Oh, I'm not sure about that. Yeah, I'm not sure about that either. You've already got the tea bags. You know, we've already broken this process down. We've taken it away from the pot. We've taken those loose leaves away and we've taken the strainer away. And now you actually want to take away the tea bag and you want a pot that probably isn't recyclable either exactly you can yeah. compost your tea bags so so funnily enough let's let's continue this others have tried to de-evolutionize tea steeping i still don't know what steeping means i'm going to do an investigation mm. in a minute. i'm guessing it means brewing it's just american for brewing from context i'm learning there are loose leaf purists out there just as over pour over coffee enthusiasts so there you go dave we're hipsters because we like loose leaf tea i guess we are but the tea bag is so brilliant it really does not need improvement from bigelow to twinings the little mesh bag stapled to a string works every time. As John Harney of Harney and Sons once said, all a tea bag needs to be lifted to perfection is furiously boiling water and five minutes steeping. No more, no less. So he likes a strong cup of tea. He does, yeah. And he acknowledges that it can be too strong as well. Because going beyond five minutes, you're starting to get into that territory, to be fair, I think. Exactly. A simple tea bag has required no modification since its invention a century ago and a century from now it's a safe bet we'll be brewing our cuppa the exact same way yeah we probably will yeah steeping is just is soaking in right yeah soaking in in food or water or other liquids as to extract its flavor to soften it but i suppose steeping is also true for everything yeah steeping you can do to make gray it's like souring. What the hell? So you're making stock, I guess. It's making stock. That's steeping. But to me, you don't brew stock. Brew To brew yeah. something is very exclusive to tea and coffee. You don't brew stock. No. You steep it, I so, suppose. You steep it. So, Dave, the world now knows how we like our tea, how tea is important, and maybe a bit of history on the tea bag. And just remember that tea leaves, not that hard to clean up. And mm. uh, especially if you clean it up straight away. I hope if you get anything from this, it is how we make our tea. <laughs> yeah. And how much tea seems to be important. This was supposed to be a shorter recording session today. This one has been quite a long one. It's been quite a long it's one. It's a passionate so, subject for us both. Absolutely. And hopefully and for hope, you guys too. And hopefully for you guys too. And just remember that I love you. Mm. I love you guys too. And I love you, Dave. I love you, Chris. And uh, I'll see you next week. Dave. Yeah, see you Take next week. Have a good week. You too, baby. Bye. Bye. Sister Monday. Podcast.